Yes. Okay, so try to tell me that, but then at the simultaneously, I'm going to pretend to be this guy. <laughs> try your best to, to power through it without laughing. Okay. I will, um, too, actually. It's going to be hard. Okay, another thing that is makes someone a bad mm-hmm. listener, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I already am laughing, <laughs> is when you say something yeah. and then yeah. they... <laughs> 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 you gotta keep going. You say something and then the sure, person responds, sure. and yeah. it's like incredibly clear that they didn't understand what uh, you were yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I am Scott. And I am Macy. Welcome to episode number 84. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Enneagram episode coming in hot next week. It is. It is. We don't know. Oh, you said this in a text. Do you want to clarify right now what the heck you meant? Do it. I don't I mean, know what you meant. I don't know. So next week, the day we record is my <laughs> birthday, and we were going to do an episode on birthdays. Yeah. But then we're like, oh, it's an Enneagram. So I don't know, Enneagram birthdays and how they would celebrate or each. Like, it could be a funny, oh, like. Oh, it's like a verbal listicle episode. I was a listicle. Shut up. <laughs> it is, um, that would be a really funny. It would fun, be just like a funny bantery a funny episode. Mark. I would have to. It was my birthday. You can't be defensive of the types. You can't be <laughs> sensitive to us hurting three's feelings. <laughs> I know. I'd have to like put my blinders up to feelings. Um, so maybe. That'd be fun. Enneagram I mean, and birthdays, would which would be, be fun. I think people would be interested in how each number would spend their ideal birthday and we then what really their ideal out. birthday party is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we could really get the we could get the people responding this week. This is officially our call to you all. Okay, if think we of do your that type episode. and think about how you want to spend a birthday. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the last three years I've gone to Bainbridge Island by myself for my <laughs> birthday. I'm a five, everybody. So, doesn't that sound like kind of a meme of a five? I just find myself wanting to do that. Yeah, and I have a very chaotic view of my own birthday. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel consistent. So mm-hmm. there's kind of a meme. <laughs> That would be a wild idea. I'm pretty here for it. So let's go. Okay. <laughs> so you are now listening to episode number 84 on listening. listening. <laughs> I, so we're going to start. We're going to start. We're going to get into it. We're going to get right into it. Yep. I, it's, it's sort of a half hybrid intro slash getting right into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why we chose this topic, listening. Yeah. You suggested it. What made you first think about it? Okay. So this is a great story. A, a nice friend podcast story oh you wanted me to listen to beautiful anonymous i did because it's the best podcast out there and macy has been wanting me to listen to this particular one which i guess we'll just recommend to all of you the ayahuasca episode on beautiful anonymous is it's wild a cool fun interesting life story no regrets liked listening to it (laughs) liked this woman that called in everybody if you don't know what beautiful anonymous is it's a guy chris gethard yes yeah chris gethard gethard um Former comedian, current comedian. He's still a comedian, although he always jokes that he's going to quit comedy. Okay. Has a very successful podcast. Yeah. It's a great podcast where he call people call in and they sit down and they talk for 60 minutes Mm -hmm. and Chris can't hang up and people share fascinating anecdotes from life. They share Mm -hmm. their stories. They 
are anonymous, so they just oh, give it oh, all. You're breaking it's up. Good. You're breaking <laughs> up. Oh, can you go somewhere else? This woman in the ayahuasca episode. Her, her phone keeps breaking up. You can see he's so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that happens oh, often. Breaking up. <laughs> um, and then she, she lives in the woods. I won't, I won't give any more away, but, like, that's part of it. And he's yeah. Like, uh, anyways, so I'm listening to this. And one of his ads is he says, you need to listen to this book called You're Not Listening. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, he said, it is to listening what Susan Cain's quiet book is to introverts. Oh, like it's a groundbreaking that got you book instantly. on listening. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna download it tonight. So yeah, I mean I listened to this podcast, then I started listening to the audiobook. I think I listened to like four or five chapters that night. And I was pumped. And this is another thing too, is it, I, I do not want to listen to an audiobook read by the not not the author. Oh, so it was read by her. Yeah, That's like I nice. tried Annie, Annie, I tried to download an Annie Dillard book last week because I thought it'd be really cool to re- listen to an Annie Dillard book while I cleaned. Yeah, hated it. It wasn't Annie's voice. Did not want that <laughs> voice in my ear. <laughs> Trying to read Annie Dillard, didn't like it. <laughs> okay, so, so, so what Kate about Murphy, it right away listening. made you? Because you texted me and you were like, "What if we did listening?" Yeah, so I what thought what was going off in I your think, brain. I think I think there's a lot uh, curiosity and listening seem almost synonymous. They do. They you know? oh, they do. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a podcast, TED Hour, TED Radio Hour, where the first like 30 minutes they were talking about was talking about listening as discovery, Mm. which I thought was such a cool metaphor for it. And it makes me think of listening as like being curious, listening the like concept of listening implies curiosity and discovery. Well, I guess we'll let ourselves go on a few tangents. Yep. So let's just go follow the tangents. But. I mean, that was one of the things that I heard. <laughs> Everybody, if you're going to listen to this podcast, you're going to hear about Peter Rollins. But um, he was saying, a guy that I like that we've talked about extensively and re- even interviewed on this podcast, um, listening without any sort of filters of like, do I agree or disagree? Does this fit my worldview? Does it not? Like when you listen, you kind of, for the for the, for that time being, you're sort of a blank slate. You're like, listening to this as if you're almost like an alien or it's new information and hmm. letting letting yourself absorb the opinion and just understand it. Yeah. And don't say, oh, don't like that. Oh, no, no I disagree. Oh, no. I, I wonder, wh- you know, just don't do that as best you can. And he even said, like, that um, in, in um, peace conversations, uh, people, in order to be successful, need to put their concepts of morality on hold. Hmm. So instead of coming to the table and be like, you were right, you were wrong here, we were right here, we were right, you were wrong, and blah, 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 back and forth. Because they're like, listening through that lens. Yeah, and then also, like, the objective needs to be to reconcile somehow. Hmm. We acknowledge that you think we're evil and you think we're evil, so what are we going to do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. How are we going to move forward? Yeah. It's complicated, but... I'm finding myself, as you speak, being so analytical of myself listening. Oh, I know. I was going <laughs> to think about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm like I rec- in my head about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, th- th- you know, one of the things I was thinking about, I walked down here today, and so I was really thinking and uh, thinking about listening. And one of the things I got a little depressed about was, uh, like, if, like, I don't know if people that listen to our podcast need that much help listening. Like if they're listening to our podcast, they're probably like already fairly good listeners. Everyone could use help listening. That's true, but I have somebody in my mind, like a bad listener, 
you know, who I would want to hear this. <laughs> and I'm like, they're, they're not going to hear it. Um, so I don't know. We did say that we wanted to talk about what makes someone a bad listener or a good listener. Oh, do we want to get right into I that? I think we should do that. I have to preface it by saying I immediately, even though we talked about this before, I'm like, gosh, look at us creating this dichotomy of a bad listener and a oh, good binary. listener. Like, yeah. it's all, there's it's a spectrum. good ways to listen. And then there's practices that maybe make you not the best listener. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we're just trying to have some fun here so i know i know but i just always okay should we say what makes good listeners and bad listeners yeah 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 yep (laughs) you have other thoughts before no i don't i just want to say i read this book but i i as i think in a first read of a book or i listened to the audio i didn't I, i have the physical copy in front of me I didn't get to underline any of the passages I like, so I feel so frustrated. It's okay. Yeah, so I'm giving... I, I have been reminiscing and pondering um, listening this week, so... So you're gonna, we're going to have some fresh thoughts. Fresh thoughts, but I don't have, like... We're curious like, about pras- listening and what makes tools. someone a good listener yeah. and why listening matters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay. Bad listeners. Let's, let's start playfully... Talking about what, in our opinion, is a bad. We're putting on our playful glasses. We're putting on our playful glasses. I mean, if you're talking and and somebody something happens, like what's a what's a sign that things aren't going aren't going to go very well in a conversation for you? Oh, that's an interesting way to put the question. But I do think (laughs) I get annoyed with, and I think it's the like the hardest kind of conversation to have when someone is very clearly has something that they want to share about and they'll when they're asking you questions it's really only to set them up for the things that they want to say and they're like just digging deep into their thoughts and it's like sometimes i'm just like it doesn't matter whatever i say you're just ready to give me what you needed to say i recently had a conversation like that so that's why it's on my mind where i was i caught myself being like my words don't matter at all like it's fine this person needs to just like tell me things but like hmm. it was like oh but we should have a conversation so i'll ask you things but just so that way it sets me up to share is it sort does of that this, make sense it, i think it does it's sort of this thing that my grandpa would do to me growing up where he would be like out to lunch with me and he'd go why why did jesus need to die on the cross and i'd be like oh crap he, he wants to say something to me right but he wants to see if my answer is anywhere near what it should just be. so that way he can then answer yes. why did jesus is that die on what the you're cross? Kind of saying yes that yeah. is like the exact that's thing infuriating i won't it's even so do that frustrating. anymore i'm like just tell me exactly. I know you're like, it's like just yeah. be tell me what you want to share yeah. and then i'll be ready to listen but don't like do this weird way yeah. of getting at that <laughs> that's like I, one of I the don't first experience examples. that that very much. Me neither. Much. I feel like it's not a big thing, but it just came to my brain. <laughs> that, that, I think there's going to be some people out there that resonate. Um, there is a t- certain type of personality that likes to do that. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. I wonder if sometimes I do that. I, as mm. we've been evaluating this, it's made me really pause and wonder how good of a listener I am. Because I also really like to share my opinions. Well, so let's, let's end this little section by evaluating our, each other's <laughs> listeners. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Nervous <a good> laughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, I mean, let's just clarify. I think listening can be as broad as listening to music, listening right, philosophically which, to your spirit, you know, like. I know. I was thinking a lot today about this idea of listening and like who's the first, like listening is about paying attention. Yeah. And, like, you can pay attention to so many things. So it's, like, there's so much to listen to. Like, listening to yourself. Listening to just, like, 
the world. Did you know that you can hear through like radio waves, like sounds from the sun? Didn't know. I <laughs> I learned this in a <laughs> podcast today, so I was like, we can listen to the sun. <laughs> wow, that's a mood right there. I mean, I know it's a mood. Listen to the sun while you painted something. <laughs> like it would be. I might hook it up. You yeah. know, get the vibrations <laughs> of the sun. Like, I'm listening to the sun. Time to paint. Maybe I'll paint the sun. Uh, <laughs> but okay, um, what are other I think, bad I think I want to clarify. I think primarily, we're talking about listening to other humans. No, talking. we are. Yeah. We are. No, yeah, that's why. That's why I brought it up, though. That's why I say. Yeah, we, we brought it up, but there is very much a larger narrative because you and I both could do a whole episode on listening to music. Yeah, like that's another thing that I think we both feel passionate about, but that would take up this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a whole episode. That act. Um. As I listen to podcasts and as I walk around in the world, I think responses are very interesting. Like, um, I was listening to a uh, typology podcast mm-hmm. a while back, and mm-hmm. the and the guest, as Ian Morgan Cron was talking, so um, j- just okay. Let's let's try to do this at like acting out. Okay. Um, try try. Is there another thing you can tell me about uh, bad listening? Yes. Okay, so try to tell me that, but then at the simultaneously, I'm going to pretend to be this guy. <laughs> try your best to, to power through it without laughing. Okay. I will, um, too, actually. It's going to be hard. Okay, another thing that is makes someone a bad mm-hmm. listener, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I already am laughing, I know. is when you say something yeah. and then yeah. they... <laughs> 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 you gotta keep going. You say something and then <laughs> the sure, person responds. Sure. And yeah. <laughs> it's like incredibly clear that they didn't understand what uh, you were yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was that what the interviewee was doing or what Ian Morgan Crom was the doing? Interviewee. That I, is I so really funny. wanted to do like a I really have planned to do like a books style mashup of his whole <laughs> thirty minute ma- like all of his yas and shurs and it was so aggressive. I kind of, if it's an old episode, yeah. I think I know. I think I remember this. I think I remember this episode and being like, this is so annoying. I was just like, this guy, what? But but to me, it feels like you're you're getting rushed along. Yeah. Oh, I don't like the response, sure. If I'm talking and somebody says, sure, that is a subpar response. It should be X'd out. (laughs) Because it's like, to me, it's so condescending. Like, I'm saying something that's so obvious, you know, like, if sure. I, if I'm no, it, yeah. So if I'm like, um, oh yeah, today I realized that you know listening requires a lot of attentiveness and skill. And somebody goes, sure, sure. I'm like, what? So you're not interested in what I'm saying? <laughs> like, is this just? I don't know. Sure is such a strange response. I, yeah, I don't have strong emotions around it, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fascinating. I feel like I probably do that without realizing it. Mm, I don't. You're not a sure person to me. You're not. You're not categorized in that. <laughs> zone for me <laughs> do you have people that you think of as sure people uh yes i won't <laughs> call them out publicly on this podcast but yes maybe you know who you are if you're listening oh that's funny. stop it stop saying that <laughs> i want to slap them at somebody's wrist stop saying sure i'm trying to think other bad but just those rushing things. along sounds uh-huh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. got it got it mm-hmm. yeah no mm-hmm. that immediately it makes me feel anxious when I'm you're like, doing what? that i'm like stop yeah i'm talking here <laughs> yeah I think one that a lot of people would say is like this idea of like eye contact or paying attention. Mm-hmm. Like if someone's listening and it's something that's important and like, I mean, I see them like engage with something else or like 
look at their phone or looking away or whatever, then I'll be frustrated and I'll be like, well, I guess I'm done talking or I'm talking to the air. Yeah, not interesting. But it's sometimes. a little embarrassing. There's other times where I might be in the mood where I'm like, I need to say things. You guys can kind of do what you need to do, but I'm going to keep being over here saying things. <laughs> That is an interesting, that is a, a, a sort of a unique Macy trait, <laughs> you know, in the sense that I don't think you're as sensitive to me as about it as I am. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like that's, a, that's almost a gracious thing to do. It's like, you're not listening the best, but I'm just going to keep talking. I just that's have fine. to keep saying this. Yeah. And by the end, I'll be like. I'm very high maintenance and picky when it comes to being listened to. Interesting. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it just is what it is. <laughs> just facts. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you think of other bad qualities? So many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when it comes to listening, one of the things that, that was sort of a takeaway from this book was the types of questions you ask as you're listening. Yeah. And it kind of syncs up with what you were saying in terms of like a leading question that's trying to get you to get to their point. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, this is why I wish I had some things underlined because Kate Murphy, who wrote this book, um, was giving like tips on the types of questions, uh, that a good listener would ask, which of course are like open-ended questions and stuff like that. But even if, even if somebody is, even if you're wanting to ask how somebody's feeling to not give them options, to not be like, are you feeling sad to just say, how are you feeling? I'm like, it sounds basic, but. I was like, man, yeah, I, I, I could see myself getting into that. Looks like you're sad right now. Yeah, I have felt really convicted, like, thinking about listening this week as a teacher who is trying to manage a lot of kids in the class. Like, I think that there's times where just because of, like, the speed or the amount of things happening that I can be simplistic with my question asking that isn't really listening or paying attention. Mm-hmm. But I'm, like, listening. I am also been con- convicted with this idea that, like, listening and listening well does require like a lot of energy mm-hmm. so it's like when you're listening well like it takes more time maybe. yes yes um and sometimes life doesn't give you that time which is complex to have to then navigate how to be a good listener when time maybe doesn't allow gotta make the time everybody. gotta make the time um you know when we interviewed peter rollins he was talking about parapraxis so it's these like symptoms that kind of pop up so this came up in the book actually she mentioned parapraxis but something along the lines of um uh even if somebody is quiet and making eye contact that doesn't necessarily mean they're listening and you know it will come out in other ways so like if they're fidgeting while you're talking it's a similar vibe you're like are you bored like what's going on or i mean in terms of body language too people would say like arms crossed scowling yeah protective like if you're trying to say something that is important but somebody's like has like sort of sort of, sort of balled <laughs> up and they're like protecting themselves you're like what is going on are, are you listening to what i'm saying it's like are you guarding yourself against my words you know <laughs> yeah that's interesting i feel like that's complex cuz i do think some of those things may actually sometimes help people to listen Maybe. in ways like Maybe. i do know myself as say like a student in a classroom mm-hmm. i am usually a better listener if i have things that i can fidget with that actually i, I do think that that enhances my listening that's a bit different a classroom setting i think you know yeah but i mean even like in my home we have i like our home has lots of fidgets and things in it 
And I think it's nice in terms of like having people over and having conversation to have those like as part of our like conversation listening. True. I mean, but things. you're getting into something very nuanced. Like to, to a certain extent, if I'm sitting here talking to you, playing with some of your like anxiety putty, that feels like, uh, um, I don't know. It feels leisurely. Mm-hmm. It feels like I'm, I'm settling in. I'm taking time. I'm, I'm, I'm even being as intentional to grab this putty because I know I'm going right. to be here for a while. But it, but there is a different, more like bored movement. You yeah, know? it's very subtle. I don't know how to. I, I just think it's a vibe you have to pick up on. Yeah, I do think it's a vibe because I'm like I can think of myself in my most fidgety moments, and that's probably when I'm paying attention the most. Sometimes you're not fidgety during the podcast. No, I'm thinking like anxious or sad <laughs> or like like big emotional places. Mm-hmm. I get fidgety. Okay. But I'm also really paying attention and listening mm-hmm. close. But that's probably giving me that reason to need to have to fidget. <sighs> I like standing and walking and pacing, like if I'm getting bored or tired in a classroom. But hmm. that's a different thing altogether. Um, I don't like subject changes. That's a bad listener. I mean, that's a blatant bad listener. If you're talking and somebody just glosses over what you just said and changes the subject. Right. That's yeah. super annoying. Yeah. Like, do you even <laughs> I mean, uh, a lot of the things, and this is our whole vibe at the podcast, like the things I would like to talk about in a casual setting are usually strange niche things, <laughs> you know, that I've honestly been thinking about. Like, I, I, if I was at a party right now, I'd want to talk about this listening book. <laughs> You'd be going and, around, hey, yeah. how are you doing as a listener? Blah, and blah, I blah. think people <laughs> get a little uncomfortable. I think they just want to go on. The, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't think, I think maybe people. some people. Who? who? Yeah. Um. Okay, should we just for the sake of rounding it out say some positive things? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. Let me say <laughs> one other thing. Okay. Scott's got a thousand. This bad is the things. bridge. This is the bridge between bad listeners. Everybody also send us an email and DM us what you think bad listeners are or your pet peeves. Um, we'll repost them. I don't know what that does for you, but is that nice? <laughs> uh, um, oh, I, ha- I want to have a conversation with you. Because this is not something that necessarily popped up in this book. But, you know, listening is an art form. Maybe someday we'll also have an episode on conversation. Mm. This is all in the same ballpark. Yeah. Ooh, that would be a good episode. Yes. What role does interruption play in, a, in listening and in conversing? I know. See, this is where already when you're talking about the subject change, I agree. And yet there's part of me that's like, well... What if something that you said made me think of something and there's a connecting point, but sometimes it's not entirely obvious immediately, but it is connecting and it's bouncing off and there's this natural rhythm and energy. I think it's hard to distinguish, but it's like a... No, okay, let's do role play again. Oh, gosh. Because <laughs> you're right, you're right. But I want to show you what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, so, so pretend, again, <laughs> pretend, pretend you're telling me about... Uh, well, I mean, what's something you've been... Tell me about, tell me about Survivor. Oh, no. <laughs> gosh. Okay, get Y'all, kind of Survivor, like you're just telling the me. The most, okay, I love Survivor. It is a guilty pleasure of mine. I know that this show is in a lot of ways weird and supports colonial ideas and is strange. Anyways, I still love it. Grew up on it. I have been watching Survivor like a fiend these past two months because the next season is called Winners at War and it is 20 of the Survivor winners competing against each other. So in a crazy research way, I'm going all in. I'm going too deep in on this and watching all of the seasons. That's great. How's work going? <laughs> <laughs> see, see that type of subject change? You know, it's like, 
It's obvious they did not care. I just wasted my time. They were hardly listening. They don't care about Survivor. <laughs> it's true. That is probably most yeah. of the people listening to that were yeah. like, okay. <laughs> no, I think that was fairly interesting. But I, that's what I'll do. Like, somebody will just... Yeah, no, that is annoying. You're like, wait, I was was super pumped about what I was just saying. Can you please let me talk more about this? (laughs) (laughs) But maybe somebody's going to learn something about Survivor or at least learn something about you. Yeah, it's true. Which is what I was listening to a podcast where they interviewed this person who wrote this book. And that is one thing that she's talked a lot about, about how when you pay attention and listen, you can start to find out like these, we often, when we like, ignore whatever someone's passionate about we're missing this like awesome cool thing that they're doing that doesn't often get seen or heard or like understood but it's when we listen to people that we can like discover those things discovery discovery conversation okay so what do you think about interruption (laughs) i feel medium about it Hmm. i'm like neutral it depends. I think I usually like it, and I like to think that I'm here for it in terms of the right vibes. But if someone interrupts me and I feel like their interruption was, like, shutting down my opinion or discounting it, then I'm, like, usually pretty internally mad. But I don't do much about it. I <laughs> I uh, do think that I am subject to being raised as a female and the way I should act and speak. And I think that like interrupting and being interrupted was kind of, I don't know. Like, I just think that even like in a class setting, I would find myself, mm, I don't know what I'm trying to necessarily say, but I think I don't have, I don't have confidence interrupting. Oh, right. right, But I'll often will let people interrupt me usually. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. So I think I think interruption as a rule is like 80% not good. Yeah. Like out in the world. But like I, I did play like uh, jazz piano in high school. So I was like have a little experience with jazz. And it is like a riffing. I mean, probably this is not just jazz. It's it's musicians and music. I mean, if you're if you're a band, you're probably going to have some times where you're riffing, you know. And yeah. So a bass player puts down something and then a drummer adds and you're all kind of like looking at each other and it's like a little bit of a conversation, you know. Um, and you kind of hand off a solo to somebody else. Um, so in that sense, a conversation is a little bit like music and having a good conversation like this, well, I think it's a good conversation, um, <laughs> or semi-good, uh, is a little bit like music to a certain extent. Yeah. So in that sense... In that context, maybe it's with a friend or a safe person or somebody that you have that understanding. I like an interruption. I think it depends. I think I sometimes do, and I think I sometimes get annoyed with it. Mm. Me personally? You can interrupt? I'm talking you about You interrupt, yeah. but yeah, I think you do. No, I'm saying, but do you get annoyed sometimes? No, sometimes probably. Mm. Mm, said it. <laughs> but not all the time. I think it really depends for me. If it was something I was trying to really say and your interrupting stopped me from being able to finish my thought, then I'll be annoyed. Yeah. But that's fine. I could be annoyed and move on. Well, of course. <laughs> I I think I think maybe maybe we don't do a lot of like quick edits. Like we don't move the conversation going in post production. But I do th- I do like to think that some of our interrupting keeps things kind of energetic and peppy. I know. I think that's part of what like quote unquote banter is. Mm-hmm. So in general, I don't mind. I yeah. think it's good. I think it's a good thing. Well, I don't think most people do. I think in this context, but yeah. I like, especially <laughs> there's even kids today, like 
trying to figure something out and they kept interrupting each other. And one kid was like, we all need to stop interrupting. And it is like interrupting is generally bad. It is really like frustrating when you're trying to say something and you can't get your point across because someone interrupted you. And it's like, why is their voice of more presence of reminding me like my voice is going, but there is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to do one more role play. Oh <laughs> We've never gosh. done these. Things. Uh, Cause this is the opposite end of, of interrupting. Because there is a, there is another type of personality out in the world for me <laughs> where they're telling a story. This is what I'm saying. Like, as a conversation, you're sort of creating something together. Yeah. And most people, I get the sense that, like, I'm not, I don't think I'm a chronic interrupter. But if anybody out there wants to get accountability vibes with me and be like, actually, you're a terrible interrupter <laughs> or, or I interrupt people. But um, if somebody's telling a story and you have a quick interjection to almost, like, support the story... Right. You know, um, I don't know what it would be like, but I'm just going to set you up to show what... I think this is something that people would have opinions about. Like, some people would be okay with it, some people wouldn't. Yeah, but this is more of a funny court. Should I tell a story that you would know right now? No, I'm going to tell a story. Okay. And you're going to interrupt. Okay. And I'm going to show you the opposite end of the interrupting thing. Okay, when should I interrupt? Oh, very quickly. Okay. But um, but (laughs) this is almost the opposite is like not letting yourself get interrupted, but in a very strange, quirky way. Okay. And I can think of only about two or three people I know that do this. And okay. I was like, gosh, I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's some par- Part of it's slightly admirable, but part of it's like, it sounds monologue-ish. So it's, it sounds like you're not even, this isn't a conversation or a dialogue. You're not even paying attention to your audience here. Okay. You know? There you go. So I'm going to talk about taking Avery to piano tonight. And then... At some point, you you just convey extreme excitement about like I used to I used to get okay. driven to piano by my dad too. Okay, you know so, something <laughs> like that. Okay, so here you go. Uh, yeah, so it was really interesting tonight. I'm driving Avery to piano, and we're driving. Did on the you know that I played the piano music, as a kid? It was really cool because <laughs> we go to piano, and the piano teacher's there, and the piano teacher. <laughs> I think you going with the story, and they don't go. They don't stop and just wonder like, is this a really significant interruption, or they don't say, oh. They don't say, like, oh, just a second. You know, they just keep talking. And I'm like, I feel so silly. I'm like, I mean, for personally, <laughs> if, if typically if somebody interrupts like that, you at least pause to see if it's yeah. And then sometimes people... There was like, no pause. I felt very frustrated. I, I, was like, so I was like, wait, he told me to ask a question. <laughs> and then I feel so strange. I'm like, are they in the room? Did they, did, <laughs> did they leave? <laughs> and they just left this robot to tell the story, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So interrupting is a very strange thing. These are funny. I'm glad we you were <laughs> able to get these little <laughs> these little uh, opinions out this way. What makes a good listener? What makes a good listener? What does make a good listener? Do you have any thoughts or should we save that for the other side? Well, I'll, well, oh, okay, okay. I mean, <laughs> we're going to try to get into this book. I, we're already kind of getting into it. Um Maybe we should take a break. Yeah, I think it. we take, take a, break, a break and then when we it's come back, what minutes. makes a good listener and some thoughts. When we come back, what makes a good listener and <laughs> <laughs> some thoughts. <laughs> Hi, friends. Scott here cutting into the episode just to suggest a few ways you can help support and promote No Small Thing. First of all, let me just say that I'm sorry that the audio is a little off on this episode. Something was off in our recording this week, which made me have to crank up the volume in our edit, which is why you hear a little bit more static in the background than usual. So sorry about that. I'll be back to normal next week. So ways you can support the podcast. Real quick, if you haven't yet, could you hop on over to iTunes and write us a quick rating and review? It's a super helpful way to boost 
boost up our standing on iTunes. Second, would you consider posting about us on your social media? Specifically, you could just pause this episode and give us a quick shout out on your preferred social media platform. I think you might relate to this, but if I see someone post about a podcast frequently on their social media, it will start to get my attention. But one post probably won't do it. So even if you've done it before, consider doing it again and just give us a quick little something something on your social media platform. Finally, If you want to get a little bit more intense with your support and encouragement, you can support us on Patreon. Just go to Patreon and look us up on No Small Thing, and you'll be given instructions from there. I could say more, but I want to make this quick. Thanks for listening, the topic of the week, Uh, and let's get back to this episode. Okay, um, there it goes. what makes a good listener for you? For me? Personally. I do think the person being emotionally engaged with me oh, is what see, makes them a good listener, like right away. Question, you get an answer. <laughs> <laughs> and that, Which, I, that surprises me, but doesn't. I mean, I wasn't, that's not on my radar, but. To me, it's like the person is paying attention to me. Their eye contact is, I think, part of it. I am weird about eye contact. I think I like it and I don't like it at the same time. Um, But I do think there's something appealing about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a good listener is someone who is able to kind of read between the lines of what is going on for me, not just with my words, but with how I'm feeling about my words. And that's, I don't even know what things particularly people are doing, but there's just a sense that this person is engaging with my whole self when I'm talking and not just the words. That's so good. I mean, a good listener. Thing. So let's just get into the book. Cause, cause I don't remember like those fine details, like the little lists of practical tips she gives just mm-hmm. right off the top of my head. But that was one of the things she was saying about like a good listener is not, not just somebody that is listening and is sort of conveying a sense of, uh, like surprise and wonder while they're hearing, like like um, I'm genuinely learning about you. Like mm-hmm. wow, I didn't know that, you know, and helping you feel heard. And but it was uh, somebody that's able to sort of, you know, this is where the art form comes in. Like synthesize what you said and help you hear yourself back. And like, are you saying this? Yeah. And you go, yeah, that is what I'm saying. Wow, you he- you really heard me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I have to, that, that was one of the big learning things because I think in order to make someone feel heard, I say something like, ah, oh, that makes a lot of sense. But I think it is a skill to and say. And you're like, does it make sense? Like, did you actually get what I was trying to say? Yeah. It was a hard thing I was trying to say. Clarifying questions might have helped, you know? Mm. Oh, that's another thing they said is too, is like a good listener um, says when they don't understand. Yeah. Like oh, like, oh, yeah. I understand. I don't, I don't quite get that. And it's like, oh, you're listening and you definitely want to understand. I think that's something that's interesting. We'll have Reuben come on later. But I think being friends with Reuben, there's a lot of times where he'll say things where I'm like, I don't fully understand this. And yeah. I think learning to just be like, I don't get what you said. Yeah. Or, and like, please explain from like the very beginning, your first sentence has is a helpful thing both f- for both people mm-hmm. in order to like, if I don't understand the very beginning and some of the premises and some of the early points, then I'm never going to be able to engage and truly listen to the rest. But I always appreciate when you do that with Reuben because <laughs> if you do it, he will explain. If I do it, he gets he gets frustrated <laughs> and he won't. <laughs> so he sometimes he'll be talking and I'm kind of looking at you and 
seeing like, is Macy tracking with us? Because I'm not. And then you'll be like, I don't, I don't really get it. I'm like, yes. <laughs> now he's going to explain it more. <laughs> I think you and I approach it yeah. differently. No, I think you guys just have a different dynamic. Yeah. You know, we know that. Um, housemates. Okay. Uh, qualities for you? Any? Uh, <laughs> nope. No, no good quality. <laughs> just <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> I mean, for me personally, there has to be, not has to be, but I like, um, I like a lot of energetic listening. Okay. Not like passive listening. Um, a, a little bit of, uh, not b- passive listening isn't the best, but like, um, I like there to be some body language and some facial expressions and things coming out of somebody's, someone's mouth <laughs> or, or like noises. <laughs> not in the time I was giving earlier, but like the aggressive, like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But something that's like reminding you and letting you know that they're present with you. Yeah. I do think body language is a very important aspect of listening. It mm-hmm. communicates a lot while the person is sharing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nodding your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, I guess it's an art form. It, it depends on, I guess, what kind of conversation you're having. Like, mm-hmm. there are times where I want a lot of space because I'm figuring out an emotional thing. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and, I, and uh, I'm wanting us to, like, as as listening partners almost to make space for it and mm-hmm. just give it some room mm-hmm. and almost be like tender. Um, but there are times I think mostly when I'm talking out in the world, I, I have something I really want to share, like something I've read or seen or heard about that I want to tell someone. Yeah. And that's a bonding thing, right? It's not like my personal, for my personal personality, I don't think as I continue to learn to know myself that I, I just want to spout off information and have somebody listen, no matter if they're interested or not. Right. Like, I really want to connect with somebody. You want you want it to be your means for better understanding that person mm-hmm. and them understanding you. Yeah, essentially. Totally. I mean, I just know that, like, for me, um, with the people I'm closest with, when I'm wanting some extra bonding, it's usually showing or telling. Like, look at this video. Listen to this clip. Mm-hmm you know, listen to this quote, let me tell you, I don't know why, but that's like, like it's a bonding thing. For and me. if they actually listen and give it their time, mm-hmm. then that will mean a lot to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. And then if somebody even says, why did you want to share that with me or something? Like, Ooh, like, I don't even know, <gasps> but let's talk about let's it. Let's talk right? about why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I do know, and I've said this to my wife a lot too. Uh, like I do like, I do like surprised, um, sounds. I like people to say like, oh, oh, wow. Oh, I've never thought of that before. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Or like if I'm telling something about myself, like some, like especially if I'm saying something about myself, if I'm saying it, it's a new thought to me. Yeah. And sometimes I'll be like, man, I just learned this about myself. And people are like, yeah, I knew that about you. And I'm like, well, I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> you know? We're the surprise sound. Yeah, so, so I think so even, even, yeah, even, even if the surprise sound is like, wow, you didn't know that about yourself, you know, like even that. But like when somebody's like, yeah, you know, or like, <laughs> I'm just like, this is to so me, that's funny. like not uh, for my taste, you know. Like good I'm going to have to be more surprised when you say things now. Just no, I mean, I think that's a lot of the energy of this podcast. I mean, Whoa. yeah, you do that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not like over. I mean, too much would be comical, but like, yeah, I mean, I think in general, that's how you approach a lot of this information that yeah. we talk about on here is like Excited. everything is interesting, you know, mm-hmm. everything is interesting. The original 
proposed title for this that podcast. That was. Everything is interesting. <laughs> That's true. And interesting is our probably most used yeah. interesting. word. Interesting. I've, I've edited interesting. the podcast a few times on like a road trip with my wife, Marissa. <laughs> And and she says like you guys say that so much you should get T-shirts. That's so interesting. Oh, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. I think sometimes you and I come with so many thoughts and ideas that I don't even have the great brain capacity to analyze each one of them. So I'm just like, that's interesting. I could yeah. really analyze that. Is that. that is interesting. I think I've said this before, but that was one of the things uh, Richard Rohr when I was first listening to like getting to know the Enneagram. I was like, I think I was a five. I think I'm a five. I think I'm a five. So let me look at all these different resources. Yeah. And, um, I was watching him talk about fives and he says a five's response to almost anything you say is interesting. And so it's "Mm noncommittal. They won't necessarily agree. (laughs) They just say, well, that's interesting. There's more (laughs) to be discovered. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I will say as I was listening, reading this book and listening to the audio book, I'm like, if we're sitting here, you and me right now in this room, and we're thinking about people that are good listeners, mm-hmm. not very many folks. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think pe- we're. I don't think we are as a human humanity. Yeah. Um, good listeners. No, I don't think I'm a good listener. Honestly, the more I'm hard on myself, but I was reflecting on this. It's challenging. I'm like in the midst of this world. It takes work to be a good listener, and I think we need to actively be practicing it okay so i think i can let me fall. say something here what i'm about to do is not good listening but i can also wonder if that's part of the energy of the podcast <laughs> because like good listener would be like i wonder why you don't feel like you're a good listener and just giving you a lot of space but i'm not going to do that right now <laughs> what i'm going to say is i do think you're a good listener nice. like i couldn't do a podcast like this with somebody i didn't think was a good listener it's true i think i think something that you brought up and i think when we were talking on the phone about this episode, when we were deciding this episode, you said that we, to the people that we're close to, we only listen to like half of what they're saying or something like that. Which oh, right. I just do think that we can and I can become numb to things and people and noises. And like, it's a good reminder to do an episode on listening to think that like, okay, maybe I'm at least quote unquote an okay listener, but like, listening requires paying attention to and you can't just like fall asleep to listening like if you fall asleep to listening you're going to like inevitably become a worse listener and it's something that like i hope to like engage in being a better listener in yeah you you know if 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 we had the time to do something like this when you say stuff like that it's the type of thing that we would like write out and put in like the blog form like we would write that out because that was great. <laughs> Thank you. That's Thanks the, for listening, everybody. <laughs> no, it's true, though. I mean, um, I mean, one of the things I said to you, uh, so we'll just say to the people now listening, is in the book it was saying uh, oftentimes we listen least to the people we know the most. Mm-hmm. And it's because as we're listening, we assume we already know. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. you. Like, we assume we know because we know those people. Yeah. So we don't. We're not curious. Mm-hmm. We're not looking at them openly, which I think is another aspect of being a better listener and being a good listen listener is that when you're approaching someone as they're talking to you, you're you kind of have to in a lot of ways like pull off your own lenses and filters and try to understand there. So you're like yes. it requires like shedding not that it's possible to do this because you can never like fully shed your like biases, but at least being aware of your biases and like actively working to 
see and understand through the lens of the person you're listening to. Write it in the blog. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, listening. Listening. Or were there... Should we go to the listener comments? Do you have yeah, other will, ideas? Um, well, one of the things I'll just say is, is this one thing she does sort of go on again. This is me just like reporting back. A, it's like a bad game of telephone, right? I mean, read the book, everybody. That's, <laughs> I mean, you're here to have, listen to Macy and I have this conversation, but um, she said this idea of like, and everybody should kind of think about this. Cause I think I can get in this zone sometimes of um, just being quiet is listening. Hmm. And it's like, uh, all the things that are going on in your mind as you're listening are vital to being a good listener. So it's obviously the, the most, most basic that we're like, tell like the lowest bar is like, don't think about what you're about to say mm-hmm. while the person's talking. Cause mm-hmm. that's ego. That's like, I want to impress this person or I'm trying to argue or, yeah. you know, and, and, and as they're doing, and, and that's also saying like, you're also not putting your own opinions to the side and actually trying to hear. And that is when they said, um, you have it truly is letting go of your ego a little bit because there may need to be a pause after the person's done talking for you to get in touch with or get in touch with what you thought about that and then also prepare for what you want to how you want to respond how you'd like to respond and there should be like kind of space for that yeah in so between. you can say like ask a follow-up question or say what i hear you saying is or that makes me feel this or wow i don't necessarily agree with that, but I have a lot to think about. But instead of just coming right back with your opinion or, I mean, I guess we're also talking about wanting to truly listen and not have, one of the things she leads off in the book right away is like, we have debate classes. We have all sorts of communications classes. There's very few listening classes Hmm. and very few rewards in our society for people that listen. Hmm. Um, Even though, of course, you. Yeah, it's about like making your voice heard instead of hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's interesting. I think as you're talking, it brings up this idea for me of, I think, moments where I'm not being a good listener, especially when I'm feeling like socially nervous or anxious. Like in those situations, I am worried about what I'm going to say next. And I find myself preoccupied with that, that I stop being a good listener. And it's like if you just relax a little and probably relax your ego and just let it be like the conversation that arises will be what it is and it'll be good. But I think sometimes I can over analyze it to the point where I'm not listening because I'm so preoccupied with my own like social anxiety mm, that's like, I relate to that. disrupting it that's you know I mean, I but it's like a way to combat that honestly is to be a practice listener because people like to be listened to absolutely I'll, I think I'll end with a little the lot, little conclusion from her book tonight that kind of highlights that but Oh, later. Yeah. In our closing thought section yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get to these comments, y'all. People wrote big thoughts. Big thoughts. And I love that some people participate in this. Um, okay. Should I first read the ones from Michaela? Yeah. Okay. So, y'all, Michaela, we met at our live podcast event. So, so we know who she is. Got to say hi. And she engaged and responded to your question. I don't know which one she's answering, but I'll just answer it. She said, these are big questions, which is true. We put the big questions out there. Prompted me me to go back and listen to a podcast I heard a long time ago 
where this therapist talks about how someone listening attentively to someone telling their story of trauma promotes healing in the brain of the speaker by connecting neurons and limbic to cortical brain emotions to the actual facts of the experience and how the listener's limbic brain can actually regulate the speaker's. Pretty cool. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy to me. That's like magic. Yeah. I think this has helped me to be a better listener. In the past, I think I've felt a sense of panic when someone presents a big, upsetting personal problem because I don't know how to fix it or how to deal with their emotions. But understanding how healing it is to just listen and be fully attentive and curious in itself is a big relief. I can just shut up and be present and curious, and that's enough. So good. Gold. That's yeah. the content for the week. That <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's the content you're here for. And she is a five, which is pretty fun. Oh, yeah. So I think in my early days, I can definitely get, and still, into this headspace of getting overwhelmed by someone's emotions. Um, and so changing the topic or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one. really, yeah, she said another one. Should I read it? I think so, yeah. Okay. To answer one more you're, of your you're, you're reading the Michaela responses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like someone, okay, to answer one more of your questions, I feel like someone is really listening to me when I can tell they are truly interested. I tend to be a little oversensitive to this and will sometimes stop talking even mid-sentence if I'm picking up that they're uninterested. Me too. That is your vibe more, as where I'm like, mom, keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's so embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, so for you, you're feeling like very I'm getting really excited, so I'm really putting myself out there, you mm-hmm. know, and then it's like somebody's not interested. It's like, oh, so embarrassing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I can kind of relate. <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is a lot of people don't even notice. Mm, yeah, true, <laughs> true. How do I, how I do know someone is interested is if they stop and think instead of speaking right away. Oh, there you go. I think silence in the middle of a conversation is a positive thing for that reason. Mm. Mm. If they pause for a bit and then ask a question or rephrase what I said to make sure they understand, that's huge. Even more so if they remember what we talked about and bring it up with more observations or questions another day. That's high-quality engaged listening. Yes. Okay, that's yes. a lot. A lot. I could talk about this for a while. I'm excited for this episode. This is a great Ooh. topic. Ooh, it is a good topic. Thanks, Michaela. And again, as always, I don't even feel... The, every episode is an intro <laughs> to the topic. <laughs> We're not even getting into it. <laughs> I know. I know. I think there is something really profound about silences and conversations. Yeah. And I know that there is a part of me that is squirmish about it. Mm. Sometimes. I think it really depends on the conversation. If I know the people and vibe with them, then I'm usually very honestly grateful for them. But I think in terms of like a big social gathering or something where I'm feeling nervous about a pause in the conversation, like can send like a weird panic. Yeah. I feel like those are two different things. I know. I think they are too. But I think it's important in those moments to kind of remind yourself of the like goodness of them. Yeah. Yeah. Pause. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know. That's almost an old school, like elementary school panic or junior high. It's like. This this idea of like we don't know what to talk about. Like if you're on a date, I get you know, so nervous quiet. sometimes when it's new people. Yeah. I'm like, I don't. Are we gonna know what to talk yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if it's your closest pals right. and you're t- talking about something heavy, and I shared something that like is just heavy, mm-hmm. and we're all sitting there thinking about it for a second, you're like taking a few breaths before you respond. That's mm-hmm. a nice feeling. It is a nice feeling, yeah. I think. Especially if I know you're there mm-hmm. and you're listening, and you're just like. Wow, hold on, man, that was big. And you just sit there for a second. 
Yeah. Think about that for a sec. They're like, whoa, thinking about it. Cool. <laughs> That's cool. That's they think about how rare that is, though. Yeah. Yeah. Michaela, I, I relate to everything you said. But during the live show, I'm about to read. Um, on crimping this, and on Pimping. Crimping and Pimping. <laughs> what a name. This is uh, Julian and Stephanie and Michaela all came to the live show together and they're listeners. And it was so cool. I mean, like I said, it would be worth doing the live show just to meet these folks, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure they came from Tacoma, which is cool. That is really cool. They're yeah. they're out there climbing. Big big climbers. <laughs> big intimidating climbers. Not like not with their physical presence, but like the the pictures and stuff on their Instagram. Like these are real climbers. <laughs> um, okay, so Julian says uh, listening means not talking. Sounds really obvious, I know, but the reality of that statement means that when you are listening, you shouldn't be thinking about what you want to say. Yeah. Mm. Nor should you be focused on what when they are going to finish so you can reply. Engagement is important. Eye contact can be great, but if that's uncomfortable, then strike a thinking pose, <laughs> look at the floor, and nod. Yeah, totally true, honestly. Give a couple hmms from time to time. This is <laughs> it. I mean, you're kind of summing up what we were talking about. Yeah, don't give too many or don't say sure. <laughs> Letting the person know that you're not just a pair of ears, but also actively listening internalizing is important. Show that you're engaged in the conversation by not distracting yourself, i.e. phone listening or beginning another conversation. Yes. I read somewhere that people speak at a rate of about 100 WPM, but can comprehend speech anywhere from 130 to 200 WPM. That means there's a bunch of dead space that your brain has while someone is speaking. Being a good listener to me means you recognize that and make an earnest attempt at keeping your mind focused on what the person is saying instead of letting it wander in the extra space between their words. See, the thing Interesting. is, that that's a cool to, way to break I it down. We need to read quotes from this book this week because we got the hot, the fire thoughts from Macy, and then we got the good thoughts from the listeners or the climbers. <laughs> okay, also listeners. Listeners, climbers, people out there, engagers. That's an interesting way to put it around the, like, you have, your brain is capable of listening to more and filling that space, but resist filling that space and let it be. Well, I do think you can, if, I do think part of the listening is, is doing the thing of like, not, not thinking like, how am I going to respond to this? But you can be thinking, you can be thinking a bunch of some other things. Like this is what some of the things in the book would say is like, you can be paying attention to their body language and thinking, hmm, I wonder, you know, this this is this is communicating something to me. Mm-hmm. And then be thinking, like, I wonder why they're telling me this. I mean, mm-hmm. they're telling me this story, but I wonder why. And you, you know, be that's just the focus is on them, you know. <laughs> um so and I, I do think part of listening to is paying attention to your own response and mm-hmm. being honest with that. And yeah. But not making it about you. It's an art. It's an art. It is an art. I do think it's yeah, it's fascinating to think about how quickly our brains jump to being able to engage and respond like Mm -hmm. that in itself. Our ability to do that is fascinating to me that we can fully engage and listen, quote unquote, and then a very immediately have a response. Like, I think that that's sometimes true, but I think sometimes it gets in the way. Gosh, because engagement also does let me know you're listening. Mm -hmm. Like if you're never responding then that also is frustrating. I'm like, well, should I just keep talking to nothing? Yeah, we can't even role play that because it will just be dead silence <laughs> and it will be, we won't be funny. I'll be sad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, any, oh yeah, we have a few other comments. I think just one more. Notes from 204. This is my friend Aaron. I wrote this about a time I really felt listened to. You said that's interesting. You said that's helpful. 
When I said what I know, when I said what I think, when I said what I feel, you believed me. And I believed that you believed me. And I loved you for it. That's nice. That's so sweet. It's a nice, <laughs> more of the heartstring type response, more than a scientific response. Should we read Sydney's poem? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where is it? Um, I think she posted it. Sydney, do you want to read it? Oh, guest star, guest star, Sydney. I love Sydney's voice. Sydney's here, and Sydney wrote a poem about listening, so we can have Sydney read that. You know, there is this thing. Um, I was, I texted someone recently and had said I had missed an appointment, which is rare for me these days. And I, I had, I had a crazy, valid, strange reason why I had missed the appointment. And so I was texting this, what had happened to me, and um, the person just responded back, "I believe you." And that was such a nice response. I was like, thank you. Thank you that you're not thinking like I'm just a flake or just and I'm making up an excuse. That's a really sweet response. Oh, so nice. It's like a nice warm hug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. Sydney Got is it. getting the notebook, the magic notebook. We're going to have two poems. Also. Do you want to introduce Sydney to the podcast? Yes. We've had her on before. Sydney's been on. Sydney's our two. Sydney's my partner. Sydney loves listening. Wrote a poem. Here, here we go. Perfect. Good intro. Yay. Listening. I know you're listening when your eyes are gentle and receptive, when you're not squirming to interject, when your presence is holding space for me, not aggressively predicting my next words. When you're truly listening, I am free to verbally explore my thoughts that aren't quite linear, yet Mm. too heavy or exciting to hold alone any longer. When I am being heard, I feel bigger than small. When you listen to me, really listen to me, I begin to hear me through your loving lens, that what I'm saying is valid, holy, beautiful. And the work of the speaker is to self-validate, intently listening to their own heart and frequency. But oh my God, to be heard by another might be what it feels like to be set free. When I wander through language labyrinths, and stumble explaining big things, I feel more me. When I am listened to, I have the space to speak creatively, clearly, or fumbly. When I am truly listened to, I become more me. Jeez, that is so good. That is really good. (laughs) That is so good. And I had already read it, but hearing Sid read it's even better. I know. The part about the speaker listening to themselves. Fire. Y'all, Sid's a poet. Sid. Z in the house. <laughs> uh, I think Sydney has like 10 Instagram accounts. I'm always <laughs> like, which one is this? Is this Sydney again? Yeah, if you want to follow <laughs> Sydney's poetry, can we give Zidel's? Z Y D E L Z. Yeah, there it on is. On Instagram <laughs> for some poetry. Oh, man. That was so good. Yeah, gosh. Oh, boy. Snaps to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, gonna have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a response to that quite yet, Sydney. You know, I don't have to chew on that for a while. You know, I will just say, like, one of the things she sort of intros this whole book with, and we can, well, if you have any concluding thoughts for this section, but um, it, it's, it, I think the big one of the biggest takeaways is not just the art form of listening, but in our society right now, and this made me feel really good about the podcast, like aggressively making the space to listen. Like you've got to mm-hmm. give yourself long periods of time uninterrupted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're doing. <laughs> but you guys honestly do that in this house really well. Like if 
it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. Like if uh, if if you stop by the house, I always say you kind of get sucked into a conversation. <laughs> but usually, it's all of a sudden it's gonna be like, wow, it's been two to three hours. What the heck have we been talking about? But there's just been a lot of listening and a lot of <laughs> pontificating and pondering and wondering <laughs> and wandering around, yeah. Yeah. lighting candles. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> but that's that's. I mean, she said uh, she said at the beginning of the book, like uh, somebody asked why there were so many great writers that came out of the South, and it was like they were just sitting on their porches and talking. And mm-hmm. sometimes they'd write it down. They said, but like mm-hmm. there was just so much time to do that. And of course, now we're like on our phones most of the time. And um. I mean, putting our phones away probably is a big, important move these days. It is. I do think that is a big, important move. I just think about myself as a dad and our family. Like, I'm not good. I'm not a good role model in that sense. Like, I often have my phone. Poo-poo. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's something we're all actively having to engage with. It's not like you're not alone in (laughs) struggling with it. And it doesn't... The way the structure and system of our world works, it's really hard to be unplugged because you also are, quote unquote, maybe a bad friend or a bad listener if you're not engaged into that world of connectivity. Right. So it's you're being pulled on both ends. Hey, I DM'd you. I texted you. Hey, hey. Yeah. Um, n- now, this is where I'm not reading. So everybody read the book and get the right stats. So I'm going to say what I remember. So this is my game of telephone. But she said she made it kind of creepy. She was like... <laughs> Um, it used to be after somebody made love, they smoked a cigarette. Now we just turn over and look at our phones. And I was like, oh. But then she says, um, in terms of your mental health and your physical health, our phones are just as bad as 14 cigarettes a day. In, in terms of like the toll it's taking on our bodies and our mental health. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm now, if you went back and actually read the paragraph, it probably wasn't said just like that, but it was along those lines. That's aggressive. Yeah. Like it's it's really bad for us, and then and then it's and then it's inhibiting the human connection, which is what we, what we need most. Um, like all depression is up on the rise, like by thirty percent. Yeah. Um, so what has it done? I mean, honestly, like we're so excited about these devices. I remember when they came out, we're so excited, but it hasn't done much good for us at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I last week found myself scrolling a lot, and I was like, I need to pay attention. To that. <laughs> Scrolling a lot. Scrolling. I'm like, why am I scrolling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can just become habitual, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you feel like you're, I don't have that sense of like fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, but I, I do have a sense of like wanting to know. <laughs> I don't fear of not be knowing. There. Yeah, maybe that yeah, fear of not knowing. I just want to be like, oh yeah, it's, it's weird. Okay. Okay, when we come back, we're going to have a ruination. And ruvination. it's going to be about snow. Is it a real ruination? It's Is a ruination, I believe. Ooh. Yeah. So okay. we got. Slam poetry from Sydney. Now, Rupination. When we come back. Hello, everybody. McKellen I know the mangoes are sweet. I like papayas. But nothing can be that sweet. Sweet love of God. What you gonna do, what you gonna say, what you gonna do, what you gonna say? What you gonna say, what you gonna do, what you gonna say, what you gonna do, what you gonna say, what you gonna do, what you what you what you what you what you gonna say? Snow. I know snow as as you know. There was kind of supposed to be snow these past few days in Seattle, and there was and there also wasn't. Which one's 
there was some snow, but not enough to um, like give us Utah people a snow day. I think Seattle school district got a snow day. Uh, I talked to Pat, who works in the Edmond school district, and he got like three snow days. I know. And last year we had a lot of snow. So I was full of hope and spite. <laughs> and full of hope and spite about this year. I was like, I want snow. Like, I want it to come down. I want it to stop everything. But I want it in a particular way, you know, like, because here's the thing. Two of my classes actually got, the, the class I'm teaching got canceled. Not because of snow days, but because on Mondays and Wednesdays, the days that I teach, UW had a late start. So they were like, started at 9.30. My class started at 8.30, which, which means that they were automatically, automatically canceled. And it's, it's so enraging. It made me feel so miserable that somehow I was conceded this little bit of time and like the other people weren't. Mm. And I was like, if you're going to make someone not have class, you should make everyone not have class, right? Like a bunch of cowards, these people. <laughs> I know because now, here's the thing, there's no point in not having to teach a class if everyone else has to go to school. It's true. Like, what do you think? It's like, I'm going to slide down that park by myself like a goddamn fool. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> what I, park? What park? I don't know. The park, like, right here. I'm not going to tell them where we live. Yeah, I'm not going to tell these people <laughs> where I live. Uh, and ridiculous. They think, oh, there's not enough snow to go around. Well, it's because you're keeping people in these buildings. <laughs> if you let them out, they will make it work. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> snow is like an like an like an added good, you know. Like we live in a in space, not like outer space, but you know, we are embodied spatially, right? We, we all know this. Uh, and you know, you walk down streets, sidewalks, whatever. You cross streets, bridges. You walk upstairs, right? And you know, there are like places that, like, I can't just slide down the side of my house. Here, here's the thing. Balancing. If I go to that park and I started rolling down the hill, like right now, people would be like, oh, he fell. <laughs> like he tripped <laughs> and he <laughs> fell. <laughs> but if there is snow, <laughs> they'll be like, he's having fun. <laughs> it's true. Snow is a social thing. 
I think we're not acknowledging that. <laughs> when we don't give people snow days. <laughs> so, I was given this much time. You know, my class was canceled on Monday and Wednesday. And I was given this much time. And it's like, I had nothing, I had no one to share this time with. Uh, so frustrating. Right? Yeah. I had nowhere to go. I had nothing to do with my time. Right? Well, you know, it's free time. I should be able to, like, sprinkle it. Right? Yeah. It's like Everything dust or something. Yeah. Right? Right? There are, like, it's an injustice. <laughs> I wouldn't call it that. <laughs> I wouldn't call it that. No. But I like to think that snow really gives us a chance to uh, use uh, the city infrastructure differently. Right? A valid point. And it's just nice, right? Because, you know, like last year, like the whole thing stopped. Right? The whole thing stopped, and we were kind of like, it's like a nice spontaneity. It was like we are kind of like stopping together, and we're going about physically, literally, in, in different ways, right? I thought that was very nice. We were like rolling down, like... Not 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 that hill. Even the streets. We were rolling down the streets, like Matthew was rolling down the streets. He was like, "Well, you can't see my hand, <laughs> right?" <laughs> I guess. Now, now if his body is like, like clomping down that street, they, people would be like, "Oh, there was a hit and run," <laughs> but not when there's snow. So it's like a hermeneutic or something. I don't know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we didn't get that much snow. Yeah. Right? It and I was actually sitting there uh ye yesterday, right? When it like the snow like started coming for for a while and the street was starting to like widened, right? And but then it rained and like came and washed away. Right, I was like sitting there and was just like looking out, getting distracted every second. <laughs> right, I know. Right, and it, I was like a, a like a child, <sighs> all gone. I've aged considerably since then. <laughs> Maybe there will be no more snow. Let's let's yeah. Last year it was a, it was during February. It was in February, December. yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we have like, uh, um, um, like snow saints or something. Yes, a missed opportunity, a lost chance. I have nothing further to say. True rumination.
we were back and we're going to conclude. I hope that rumination was a wonderful. Um, we just had a very fun experience in this house. Avenue to listen. Yeah. I hope you could actively engage in listening as you listen to a rumination. That went in some wild frontiers and directions and territories. <laughs> um, do you want to read your thing? I, I think this will be the concluding. Okay. I don't know if I have. I just, my closing thoughts Unless are, you want to say something about it when I'm done. No. Well, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. But I feel like we engage in listening. We're, uh, we're a podcast who's curious, and we think something is no small thing of a topic. I think listening really is no small thing of a topic to the extent of which listening, I think, could be extrapolated out into so many different avenues of listening. Like, I do feel very compelled and drawn towards listening to like everyday sounds like to me that is like such a beautiful thing that I think we often take for granted or don't pay attention to so I'm like I'm also like here for sitting and going and listening and just listening to the sounds and being curious about what you hear and like listening to like I, I this is where I get like very mystical but it's like listening to the earth and listening to like what is around you like I think that act helps you to connect with both yourself and like the world around you you need to do your ASMR Instagram again I know you get really people in I touch know with that. Yeah, I know yeah. I just I for me I'm like that's that's the like oh the heart of listening to me is actually mm-hmm. beginning there mm-hmm. and that I think can lead to like clarity to listen to other folks it's true, and you've helped me with that. And we really need to find another avenue, maybe Patreon or something like that, to re-release your um, listening party for your ears. Oh, true. Because uh, that that does that. Yeah, know? that's what it was like all about. Yeah, so good. In a lot of ways. And listen to the books. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I, think the, I think our vibe, too, is like listening to music. I think listening to music helps you be a better listener. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they said musicians are better listeners in general. Fascinating. Yeah. That that doesn't surprise me. I think it's interesting because there is one of the podcasts I was listening to was talking a bit about kind of overstimulation. Mm-hmm. And I do think we are at risk of that as well when we're like overly listening to things like music or podcasts or like over input of all these voices and things. But I do think like when we're able to like come to something with like intentionality and like like an attention, the word attention keeps coming attention. to my mind. It's like... <clears throat> We listen to what we're paying attention to. Yeah. So it's like, what are you paying attention to? It's just so sad because I have even, I have even, whatever mm-hmm. that, uh, I, I have, I can sense gotten so conditioned to not being interesting enough as a human. I'm always realizing like, well, I'm, I know I'm not as interested, interesting as somebody's phone or their Instagram or and even in, even when we've talked about this podcast, people say you need to make it faster. I'm like, why? Like, why mm. are we so obsessed with making everything so fast? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, a, a quick little rant, but like I, I often listen to Don Miller's podcast. And this isn't necessarily like a call out on Don Miller, but like, you know, it's an advertising thing, you know. So they're talking about advertising and he's got this big speech that he I've heard him give in so many places where he's like, um people don't want to use mental calories when they're having to think about your business or your brand. Mm -hmm. And so they're so protective of the customer's mental calories and effort. And it's like, we're asking you all these companies. Yeah. All these companies are like babying us Mm -hmm. and and that's how they're getting our attention. And the, and the companies that can baby us the most and just grab our attention really quick and make it quick and not have to make you think. 
And then so we come to expect that. We're all just a bunch of babies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wait, what about a long conversation with a human? Yeah. You know? Ugh. I just got a little angry right there. But <laughs> Big thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts? No. I, I mean, I do just say, like, I, I, I like that we do this. I do think it is a good... I think this is like us actively doing it. Yeah. I like this is a, I feel because we're doing this, I am probably becoming a better listener and Mm. probably a better, I think Sydney's poem got this, like a better speaker too. Like, yeah, I think we can through conversation, like help each other to be better listeners and also be better, like advocates for our own voice. Yeah. A, a, a soft, gentle pause to, reminisce, to, to ruminate on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I have thought a little bit about maybe shifting my tone a little bit in the podcast because I am trying to keep the energy up, but I do think I can ask better questions sometimes because I do think I do like a gut response really quick and just try to keep it quick and snappy. But yeah. I also like the banter element. I, you just got to figure out. I think we've got to get through. Okay. okay. <laughs> so this is the, I'm going to read the conclusion and w- this will be an experiment because I will try to read the room and we'll, if this gets boring, then we can just read the room. Read it. me. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be a good indicator of like, if this will be even be interesting for the audience, but this is like the conclusion of the book and she does it in like four pages. And she's about can, to read four pages. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's not like a little... You can read four pages. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're finding it interesting, you're like, oh, yeah, keep reading. Or if you're like, no, this is too much. Um, but I think it's an interesting reflection. I mean, obviously, this is this is how she chooses to end her book, so it's all how she ends the book on listening. Um, you know you've arrived at the Basilica of Our Lady of San Juan de Val when its glittery exterior mosaic depicting Jesus and Our Lady of San Juan emerges over the billboards for bail bonds at Whataburger along Interstate 2 in the border town of San Juan, Texas. The other tip-off is all the people, thousands of them, streaming into the church. They come to light candles and make offerings, but the longest lines are for the confessionals, which wind in tight S-curves like security lines at the airport. Priests man the six confessional booths in constant rotation, listening in three-hour shifts for up to 12 hours a day, often extending their hours rather than turn anyone away. Father George Gomez, the young, round-faced rector at the Basilica, told me the lines for confession seem to grow longer every week, even as sexual abuse scandals in the Catholic Church have led many to question their faith. Father Gomez doesn't quite know what to make of the surging numbers. He doesn't think it's because we are living in a more sinful society or that people are feeling more guilty about the things they've done. In fact, many who come don't talk about sin. Some aren't even Catholic. When the people come here, it's like they are going to a field hospital, hospital Father Gomez said. They so badly need to be heard. It's like a wound. They're in a critical state. We were walking around the sanctuary as we talked, his black robe rippling with his footsteps. Originally from rural Mexico and the eldest of 12 children, he retains a sense of disbelieving wonder that he ended up at the Basilica. The size of a sports arena, the church and its sprawling campus attract more than 20,000 visitors every weekend, making it one of the most visited Catholic shrines in the United States. They come from all over North America, Latin America, Asia, Africa, Europe, the Caribbean, But they're not tourists like many who visit, say, the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., or St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. The people who come to Our Lady of San Juan come to pray, and more to the point, they come to be heard. The people waiting in line to unburden themselves on the day I visited were all ages, ethnicities, and nationalities. Multilingual priests heard confessions in four languages, 
Some in the queue looked as if they worked in the nearby citrus groves, while others had a Euro hipster vibe, wearing slim-fit suits and expensive Italian shoes fastened with gold buckles. Most of them stared at their phones as they waited their turn. I've begun to to think there is a crisis of listening in our world, Father Gomez said. There are a lot of people who want to talk, but very few who want to listen, and we are seeing people suffer from it. I just let the people talk. At the very end, they say how nice it was to talk, but I didn't talk. I think it's just making yourself available to listen to people. That's what they're starved for. There's very little training in Catholic seminaries on how to listen to confessions, Father Gomez told me. For him, the best preparation has been to regularly go to confession himself. I need to sit down in front of another priest with a humble heart and confess my own sins so that it gives me the tender compassion when I'm on the other side of the screen, he said. This kind of empathy is important for any listener. It's hard to develop the sensitivity and respect for another person's vulnerability without knowing what it's like to be vulnerable yourself. Those who stick to superficialities in their conversations or who are jokey all the time don't know what it's like to give of themselves and therefore have a hard time knowing how to receive. Anyone who has shared something personal and received a thoughtless or uncomprehending response knows how it makes your soul want to crawl back into its hiding place. Whether someone is confessing a misdeed, proposing an idea, sharing a dream, revealing an anxiety, or recalling a significant event, that person is given a piece of him or herself. And if you don't handle it with care, the person will start to edit future conversations with you knowing, I can't be real with this person. When you engage with someone, your behavior does two things. One, it helps or hinders your understandings, and two, strengthens or weakens your relationships. Listening is your best bet on both counts. As discussed throughout this book, it's possible with awareness and patience to develop your skill as a listener and to do it extremely well, but there will still be times when you lose your focus or tolerance or both. Even Father Gomez said there are times when he zones out. Listening is like playing a sport or musical instrument in that you can get better and better with practice and persistence, but you will never achieve total mastery. Some may have more natural abilities and some may have to try harder, but everyone can benefit from making the effort. The lines that Our Lady of San Juan speak to a fundamental and urgent human need to be heard. When something wonderful or terrible happens to you, what's your first instinct? It's probably to tell someone. We will tell our troubles and our triumphs to strangers, pets, and even potted plants if no one else is around. But listening is the flip side of that impulse and arguably no less critical to our well-being. We long to receive as much as we long to transmit. When we are too busy to listen, when we look at our phones, jump in too soon with our opinions or make assumptions, we prevent others' thoughts and emotions from being genuinely expressed, and we end up hollow or emptier than we would be otherwise. Listening heightens your awareness. It makes you feel. As you become more attuned to the thoughts and emotions of others, you become alive to the world, and it becomes more alive to you. Life otherwise can become a muted existence. With days spent... Uh, cocooned in unquestioned beliefs and fixed concepts where even though the world and the people in it are always changing nothing is ventured beyond the borders of what you already know or accept as true it feels safe but it's really just stifling the swiss psychologist john piaget talked about the collective monologue of preschoolers put several of them together and they jabber away to themselves rather than to one another the parallel between this typical sandbox confab and what passes for discourse today is obvious It would be funny if we weren't suffering the consequences politically, economically, socially, and psychologically. To engage in collective dialogue, which Piaget defined as listening to and being responsive to one another, is to be mature with all the rational, relational capacity that that implies. Henry David Thoreau wrote, the greatest compliment that was ever paid me was when one asked me what I thought and I attended to my answer. 
Oh, wait. Let me try that again. Henry David Thoreau wrote, The greatest compliment that was ever paid me was when one asked me what I thought and attended to my answer. It is flattering when someone listens to you, which is why we are drawn to those increasingly rare individuals who actually do. Listening is a courtesy and more fundamentally a sign of respect. It's impossible to convince someone that you respect them by telling them so. It must be demonstrated, and listening is the simplest way to do that. But listening is no easy task. Our magnificent brains race along faster than others can speak, making us easily distracted. We overestimate what we already know, and mired in our arrogance, remain unaware of all we must understand. We also fear that if we listen too carefully, we might discover that our thinking is flawed or that another person's emotions might be too much, near, too much to bear. And so we retreat into our own heads, talk over one another, or reach for our phones. Technology does not so much interfere with listening as make it seem unnecessary. Our devices indulge our fear of intimacy by fooling us into thinking that we are socially connected even when we are achingly alone. We avoid the messiness and imperfections of others, retreating into the relative safety of our devices, swiping and deleting with abandon. The result is a loss of richness and nuance in our social interactions, and we suffer from a creeping sense of dissatisfaction. <sighs> uh, we're almost done. <laughs> Not listening reduces the level of discourse. We experience and, re and evaluate our words differently when said aloud to an attentive listener versus when they are in our heads or tapped out in, tapped out in 40 characters. A listener has a reactive effect on the speaker. As a result, careful listening elevates the conversation because speakers become more responsible and aware of what they are saying. While listening is the epitome of graciousness, it is not a courtesy you owe everyone. That isn't possible. It's to your benefit to listen to as many different people with as much curiosity as you can muster, but you ultimately get to decide when and where to draw the line. To be a good listener does not mean you must suffer fools gladly or indefinitely, but rather helps you more easily identify fools and makes you wise to their foolishness. And perhaps more important, listening keeps you from being f the fool yourself. Last paragraph. Listening is often regarded as talking's meek counterpart, but it is actually the more powerful position in communication. You learn when you listen. It's how you divine truth and detect deception. And though listening requires that you let people have their say, it doesn't mean you remain forever silent. In fact, how one responds is the measure of a good listener, and arguably, the measure of a good person. In our fast-paced and frenetic culture, listening is seen as a drag. Conversations unfold slowly and may need to be revisited. Listening takes effort. Understanding and intimacy must be earned. While people often say, I can't talk right now, what they really mean is, I can't listen right now. And for many, it seems that, never, that they never get around to it. This, despite what we all want most in life, to understand and to be understood, only happens when we slow down and take the time to listen. This the year the blacksmith. Talib Kweli. Kweli. K1. K1. Yeah. Yeah, niggas don't. Back in the days, we all used to. Now shit is so whack, nobody. To that real hip hop, yo. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready, here come Talib Kweli. And I'm banging on your ears. Countrymen, lend me your ears. Stop repenting because the ending is near. But don't panic, you can't function if you live in fear. Pay attention, you gotta listen to hear. Who the fuck you think you're talking to? Put you on hold, get a specialist to walk you through.